Hey friends in Sebring, Florida, mark your calendars for Friday, March 31st at 7 p.m. to attend a free public screening of our newest documentary, The Mind Polluters, at the Ministry Center on Sparta Road. This event is hosted and sponsored by Faith Engagement Committee and Point North. If you're worried about the current state of education, come and learn what happened, what is happening, and what you can do to recover and protect the children in your community from the perverse ideology. Resource booths will be set up in the foyer from 6 to 7 p.m., and you can meet cast member Audrey Warner before the movie begins at 7. Registration is required, so be sure to reserve your seat at the link provided in the show notes. And if you're interested in hosting a screening of the Mind Polluters in your area, click the link in the show notes or visit themindpolluters.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm Amber Archer, half of the Fearless team. And joining me is the other half, my husband, author, speaker, producer, filmmaker, Mark Archer. I premise I'm a two. There is no giant foot trying to squash me. We are a husband and wife filmmaking team on a mission to educate, motivate, and inspire others to stand firm in the Lord in their communities. We tackle the heavy issues of the day from a biblical perspective. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. So today, we are continuing on with the weaponization of CPS. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of these things are alarming to people when they hear them. They are alarming to a lot of people. And we've had, and let me just say, I we so, so appreciate everybody who is sending us um, information of new stories and, because they are plentiful, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that we can get to them all, but we are looking and researching the ones that you guys are sending us. So um, be patient. There's a lot of, there's so many. I mean, literally, I don't know if anybody has made a film about CPS. I'm sure that they have. Hmm, somebody should do that. <laughs> so. We'll cover some of it in our next film, Dysphoria. But until then, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about it here on the podcast. Right. So, so what do you have today? I have to, first, I have to give a shout out to my friend Grant. Uh-huh. He was asking about my buttons. Oh, my goodness. How they work. So here's for you, Grant. I am dangerous. There you go. Because... <laughs> okay. so, I showed him behind the scenes how my buttons work. Uh-huh. And so how many buttons do you have? I have 64 buttons. Oh, my goodness. I don't think so. <laughs> so it's, uh, yes, I have my, my speed buttons. Okay. Button pusher uh, extraordinaire. Yeah. Do you remember, um, gosh, we keep coming back to this, and I just I came across another article, and I just had to share. Oh, okay. Hungary and Italy pass laws to protect citizens from insect proteins in foods. <laughs> Man, we hate being right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Two European countries have decided that they will not eat the bugs in defiance of the World Economic Forum's Great Reset Agenda. Good for them. Because, uh, because pause, yes. if you remember, we did, um, oh, what was it? Oh, uh, the pagan gods of this age. Right. And one of the segments we were talking about, and Nicole Kidman was eating bugs, eating and, bugs. and telling everyone how they should all be eating bugs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's where we're getting our protein. Because, of course, it's global warming. Yeah. Gaia. Cricket flower is yeah. the one I, <laughs> right. is, that I saw. It's, yeah. yeah. Anyway. You guys are retarded. Italy and Hungary passed laws last week in an effort to protect their citizens from the EU's push to market insects as food. Good for them. This is from World Net Daily. By the way, Hungary's Minister of Agriculture, uh, Istvan Nagy, 
announced the government has passed regulations requiring foods that contain insect proteins to carry the label, quote, warning food containing insect proteins. Ugh. And to be displayed separately from other products. Wow. Those for whom it is important to buy food of Hungarian origin do not want to eat insects. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So yeah, I I just I, I we just keep coming back to this, and I think even though we play clips, I think with a lot of people, they think it's still like a hoax, conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah okay, that's Nicole Kidman. She's kind of kooky, idiot. No, this really is real. I I had a picture that I had posted. Somebody sent me that I had posted on my Facebook account of the back of a bag. In the grocery store, mm-hmm. and it con- said contains cricket flour. Right. So <clears throat> this is real. Um, just, uh, just a little FYI. Well, well and the thing is, just because, just because you may not believe in this, you know, new world order, they surely do. Those, oh, yeah. those trying to, you know, enforce all of these rules and regulations on the rest of us, they believe it. It's, they really it's, believe it's it. It's not whether or not we believe it. Mm-hmm. They believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, you have an interesting one there that we have a sound clip from. Oh, yes. I saw this and it was um, – so GOP lawmaker challenges. So we're going to shift gears over to the uh, library books. We've yeah. seen many, many um, – Good things, victories in school boards and in different states, Georgia, Texas, especially Florida. I mean, people are just, I am so proud of everyone, especially the parents showing up at school board meetings and, you know, standing against all of this pornographic material in the schools. Right. Like you always say, one body, many parts. Mm -hmm. If each person takes their one thing, like Nehemiah and the wall, Mm -hmm. each group takes their one section of the wall and works on that portion standing in your purpose Mm -hmm. right and and we always talk about how we we feel guilty because we can't do everything Mm -hmm. but there are people who are cut out for dealing with issues in state houses Mm -hmm. and talking to legislators and going to school board meetings and things like that and there are people who are who the Lord has commissioned to make the movies about it. And mm-hmm. then there's people who are commissioned to write newspaper articles about it. So if everybody stands in their purpose and we all work together, this is how change gets done. Yeah. So, um, so GOP lawmaker challenges witness if shielding pornographic magazines from first graders is considered censorship. So I found this, I found this so fascinating. This is, this is quite amazing. Yeah. So, uh, Pan America's Nadine Farid Johnson argues there has been an explosion of restrictions affecting free speech in education. Mm-hmm. So a little backstory about PEN America, that's P-E-N America. Um, here's, here's what it says on their website. So they stand at the intersection of literature and human rights to protect free expression in the United States and worldwide. They champion the freedom to write, recognize the power of the word to transform the world. And our mission is to unite writers and their allies to celebrate creative expression, to defend the liberties that make it possible. So uh, founded in 1922, PEN America. And here's what's always fascinating. Um, 
with all of the research that we've done, um, all of these things have been put into place and started way before we were even born, mm-hmm. you know, generation before. And so it's, it's fascinating to see how long these, it's almost next year will be a hundred years for them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's, it's the largest of more than a hundred centers worldwide that make up the Penn International Network. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 So back to this woman who's testifying. So this representative, um, Harriet Hageman from Wyoming, she's pressing Penn America's Nadine Farid Johnson on censorship of inappropriate materials in schools. Okay, so Nadine Farid Johnson from Penn America, she's a managing director for Washington and free expression programs at Penn America, and she's testifying at the House Judiciary Subcommittee on Constitution and Limited Government Hearings Free, quote, free speech, the Biden administration's chilling of parents' fundamental rights. And she argued that legislation in certain states is effectively limiting the freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. However, I love how the representative from Washington asked her, would you like, would you like to play it? Because, you know, Absolutely. she's... she's advocating for these obscene materials to stay in the schools. And you see this all across America. Mm, yes, I've got her programmed on a button. Ms. Johnson, I just have a real quick question for you. Do you believe it is censorship to prohibit teachers from exposing first graders to Penthouse magazine? Do I believe it is censorship? I'm sorry, ma'am. Do I, do I believe it is censorship to... Do you believe it is censorship to prohibit teachers from exposing first graders to Penthouse magazine? I don't know of any instances in which a... That isn't my question. My question is, do you believe that it is censorship to prohibit teachers from exposing first graders to Penthouse magazine? I believe that it is important that we have parents, teachers, and educators... You are not going to answer my question, then. Is that right? I believe it is important to have parents, teachers, and educators involved in understanding what is is being presented to students. Do you believe that it is appropriate to present Penthouse to first graders? Of course not. Thank you. Wow. I yield back. (laughs) You know, I watch watch this, and one of the things, and if somebody's out there and you have time and you want to have this piece of the wall, what would be fascinating is because when we were um, sitting with uh, Dr. Judith Reisman at the Reisman Institute, when we interviewed her for the mind polluters, and she showed us all of her um, research. And one of the things was the cartoons in Penthouse and Playboy Mm -hmm. and Hustler and just how graphic they were. But now you have all of these graphic cartoons in the school books right. in these library books, right? And and I was I was telling you last night, and you know we we were talking, and I said, wouldn't it be fascinating to not label them and to you know and just ask somebody, do you know where this came from? Is this from a library, a school's library book, or is this from one of the you know porno magazines? Right. And how will you know the difference? Wouldn't it be fascinating? Somebody, 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 if you do that, let me know. Tag us. Tag us somewhere because I, I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause because I know that they're out there. Because I remember as a, I don't, I don't know how old I was, but I remember the first time as a young boy that I ever was exposed to a dirty magazine. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and I'll never forget because it, there was, we used to ride our bikes over into this other neighborhood, and underneath uh, one of the bridges was 
kind of where you would find all of this stuff, right? So the the naughty kids that would steal their dad's playboys would go and take them underneath the bridges, and they, they would get left there. And we were exploring down there one time and came across one of these magazines, and it was full of these cartoons that are exactly what you're seeing now in books like It's Perfectly Normal. Mm-hmm. And what's that other one that... Um, oh, it's a... I forget. It's one of the the pro homosexual. It's promoting, you know, gender open, queer. Gender queer. Oh, that one's yeah. horrific. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. anyway, so yeah, it would be an interesting, interesting study. Mm-hmm. On a side note here, and then we'll we'll get back to talking about CPS and specifically the family courts. But I have I found this article from WorldNet Daily uh, just this morning. This um, about this mother who was targeted for daring to speak up. Mm-hmm. So this goes to the reason why we share things like this is because you have to prepare yourself to be the target of... To be opposed. To be opposed, yeah. Persecuted. <clears throat> um, and this this came on my radar because she's being defended by the Thomas More Society, which is a, a great organization. Um Mother of two has filed a lawsuit after she was labeled a threat because she objected to her local elementary school's promotion of being polysexual to young children. Um, the claim charges the, the police chief of North Hanover Township acting in combination with military personnel <clears throat> okay, from the Joint Base McGuire-Dix-Lakehurst coerced the removal of her Facebook post objecting to sexually explicit material posted in the hallway of a local elementary school to which her children were exposed. Mm-hmm. You got military for that, huh? Military personnel now involved in censorship of American citizens. Mm-hmm. We could have a whole constitutional class on this alone, but... Uh, the defendants had portrayed her as, quote, a security threat and reported her to various law enforcement. <laughs> For a Facebook post? Yes. And reported her to various law enforcement and security agencies in an effort to retaliate against her and make her afraid to speak in the future. Uh-huh. <clears throat> it was her November 2022 post on Facebook, dangerous, that made her that was made in her capacity as a private citizen. In it, she shared how she had attended an elementary school math night the previous evening with her seven-year-old daughter, who, after reading LGBT-affirming posters in the school's entry, asked her mother what polysexual meant. Uh Uh-huh. Mrs. Reading, the plaintiff, merely questioned why... Merely questioned. Thou shalt not question the narrative. Uh Uh-huh merely questioned why elementary children were being invited to research topics of sexuality, noting that it is not in the state educational standards, nor the Board of Education-approved curriculum. Uh Mrs. Reading did not name names or schools and invited respectful debate. A military officer, U.S. Army Reserve Major Christopher Schilling, emailed parents and school officials condemning her and her actions, 
Schilling using his official military email account. Then involved Joseph Vasquez, a U.S. Air Force civilian employee, who forwarded readings posts and Schilling's claims to the New Jersey Office of Homeland Security. They were. <laughs> and, and the New Jersey State Police. In, <sighs> in what Vasquez admitted were hopes of getting an incident detection and response sent to schools and police departments meaning there would be widespread law enforcement threat alert uh, regarding reading based solely on her clearly protected speech. It goes on. <laughs> Where do I start? All I, can, all I, I think triggered much. Oh, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I can't even tell you. So... You know, I, I, I wasn't, and stones may break my bones, but words may never yeah, hurt me. But I, she's asking legit questions. Why are children, her daughter's seven? Yes. What is polysexual? Yes. So, <clears throat> I, I wasn't even in full-blown military, right? <sighs> Civil Air Patrol is auxiliary military. Uh-huh. But we were lectured... Endlessly, and and only a few people. You had to be at wing level command to get an official cap email, right? Uh-huh. So I never really had one. So we would you would set up your email that you would use, and you would get lectured on what you were were and were not allowed to use that email for, even though it wasn't theirs. Uh huh. They're not paying for it, <laughs> but because you're acting in an official quote unquote official capacity, right? We're not getting paid. Uh-huh. <laughs> auxiliary, auxiliary is all volunteer, right? And so it, we're paying for everything. We're all volunteers. But if you dared, what made it, you know, an official capacity is if it was, uh, if you had in your email signature your your cap credentials, right? right. Captain Mark Archer, U.S. Air Force auxiliary. Okay, that made it official, and they basically what what we were told in squadron leadership school is it doesn't matter who set the email up. We own it. (laughs) Okay. And then they said that same thing about your, all your social media posts. They said, we own that too. And we went, uh, really? (laughs) So in other words, so these are guys that are in the reserves and the regular rate. I mean, they're, they're full-time military personnel using their, official military capacity email accounts to go after this woman. To private citizens. Private citizens. Yeah, I mean, it's not like she's even in in with them Yeah, in their base or anything. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I mean, uh, no-no doesn't even come close. Well, I'll be, I'll be interested to see how this case turns yeah, out. Yeah, well, if the Thomas More Society is representing her, there will be justice. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So we're oh, back going, to CPS. Yeah, I mean, so how CPS. far are we now? Okay, so we're going to talk about CPS and the family courts. Uh, we should go to break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to hear from Jeff Younger, who we've talked about before. He's also in dysphoria. Mm-hmm. So, BRB. <laughs> no, you did not. I did, BRB. For those who don't know, be right back. 
Hey, Warriors, I want to let you know about an exciting way you can help us share Christ and help protect children from perverse ideologies in Italy. Yes, I said Italy. By God's grace, our latest documentary film, The Mind Polluters, continues reaching people all over the world and is having a tremendous impact in educating and motivating communities to take action in protecting the innocence of children. An Italian dub of the film is needed to break through the language barrier to help our brothers and sisters in Christ make a significant impact in their communities. Learn more about this need and share your support at fearlessfeatures.org. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of terms here before we hear from Jeff. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about Title 4D and Title 4E, and you have those. Yeah, I'm just going to give a a brief summary here, and you guys will leave links so you can um, look these up yourself because they're they're lengthy. Um, But Title 4D of the Federal Social Security Act requires every state to provide child support services. And here in Indiana, where we are, these child support services are administered by the Child Support Bureau of Indiana's Department of Child Services, or DCS. And this is common in most states. You know, they have different names, but they're all the same. Child support services are provided in each county by local elected prosecutors operating under contract with DCS. Okay. Okay. So it's required by the federal government that every state have this department set up and then it's administered on a county by county basis by the county prosecutor. Correct. Okay. Um, and so, and then the, the title four E prevention program, the family first prevention services act or F F P S a enacted as public law. It authorized new optional title four E funding for time-limited prevention services for mental health, substance abuse, and in-home parent skills-based programs for children or or youth who are candidates for foster care, pregnant, or parenting youth in foster care, and the parents or kin caregivers of those children and youth. All right. Okay. So Title 4D, Title 4E. Yeah, and, and Jeff, he's going to explain the Title 4E mm-hmm. Better than some of these because uh, he's lived through it and had to, he's had to deal with it. So we're so Jeff Younger. Why don't you introduce uh, who Jeff Younger is? Okay, so Jeff Younger, we've talked about many times on this podcast, um, and you can you can look him up. He's he's had a lot of coverage on his story. Mm-hmm. So he is a Texas father. Um, his now ex wife and Georgialis, who is a pediatrician by mm-hmm. trade, uh, at the age of two decided. Was it, was it two? two or three? Two, two or three. Two or three. Um, there, so they have twin boys, mm-hmm. James and Jude. Mm-hmm. And when they were two or three, she decided that James was really a girl, and decided that it was time to start transitioning him. And he, of course, did not agree with that. It led to a very costly divorce. And it has been in the family courts ever since. It has been, uh, it led him to run for uh, state representative in Texas. He very nearly pulled that off. Mm-hmm. He, be, leading up to that, he tried to get uh, legislation passed in Texas to uh, outlaw genital mutilation surgery on children. It did not pass uh, in the great state of Texas. 
Yeah, well, they're so. at it again this this year, yeah, so we'll see. Everybody is. I can't wait to see what's happening. Um, but anyway, so that's who Jeff Younger is. So we're going to hear a little bit from him uh, talking about this and then talking about the family courts. Here we go. Let's go back. I'm really interested because we we spoke with a, an attorney um, not too long ago about the weaponization of CPS. Yes. Can you help parents understand how CPS has been used specifically against you to, to help keep your children away from you? Yeah. So we, we often hear these cases where, um, you know, CPS goes overboard to, to take a child, right? And we should, we should name the federal programs that do this. I told you about Title IV-D, mm-hmm. right? Well, there's another program called Title IV-E. Title IV-E pays CPS for taking children away from parents. And it's a, it's a big, big money here we're talking. So, you know, a satellite office in CPS gets low on budget money. They find a, a, a white baby under two years old with no medical problems to poor parents, and they take them. And they get lots of money for that, okay? So there's financial incentives for them to do these things. My case is very interesting, which shows, and I think it conclusively proves, actually, that CPS has a leftist ideological agenda. So in my case, I reported that my son was being abused because he was inaccurately being taught that he was a girl. That's psychological abuse. He was uh, had a, having a sexual identity foisted on him that would permanently harm him, right? We know that the outcomes for transgender people, the health outcomes are vastly worse than they are for people who identify with their biological sex. So here we have a parent who's foisting that on a child, and we know she's foisting it because he doesn't you know, present as a girl with me. Um, so that, that is long-term sexual abuse of a child, right? And it's definitely emotional abuse of a child. We have uh, a situation where there's clear and convincing evidence that he's not like this with anyone but his mom. He presents perfectly normally with with everyone except his mom. And CPS decided that they weren't gonna get involved in this case. That they found no evidence that either parent was conducting abuse. But you've had eight different CPS? Yes. Investigations yes. on you? Yes, yes. And every time they've, they've come Every back- time, and it's gotten to the point now where it's wrote, when, when Dr. Fletcher reported uh, this incident where my son said he wanted to be a boy, reported this as coercion to CPS. It didn't, it didn't take them 24 hours. They said, there's no abuse from either parent. That, that's just what they do in my case. So CPS will definitely violently act if they can take a child and make money off of it. But when it comes time to actually protect a child from bona fide, provable, psychological and emotional and sexual abuse, they won't do it. Because CPS is ideological. Thoughts, comments, questions, concerns. No, it's just, it's, it's really heartbreaking to um, hear these mm-hmm. things because we, you, there are legitimate cases where children do need protection. Oh, yeah. I, I had probably half a dozen stories like that marked to share. And I, I mean, they're, they're horrific stories mm-hmm. of people who... There was one that was on the blaze uh, just a few days ago, a couple that was arrested because um, their six-year-old boy was being kept in a dog cage. Mm-hmm. And the other, and I think the two younger girls were found outside wandering around in the rain. 
Yeah. Barely clothed. Yeah. It, it just. Those are cases where yeah. children do need protection. Yes. yes. It's absolutely criminal. I mean, people like that need to be institutionalized or, or you know, locked mm-hmm. up. That is, that's criminal. You don't, we as a society should never, should never permit that. And that's not the cases that we're talking about no. here. But what we're talking about here is CPS sticking its big nose into every single thing that has nothing to do with child abuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, when we were talking about this a few weeks ago, I think if you want a legislative direction to go, start pushing your legislators to change your state law to make it mandatory that there has to be a jury trial mm-hmm. in, in order, the family courts in, in the family courts because uh, make it a jury trial to terminate parental rights. Yeah. Cases where there's actual abuse, you won't have a problem. But cases like this where with somebody like Jeff Younger, uh, there will be there will be uh, quite a bit of resistance. Yeah, because, like because the system is being abused. It absolutely is. I mean, like, and, and like everything, I mean, we, you see it everywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. You mm-hmm. are going to see where people are abusing whatever is set up. Yeah. So the, the, the family courts are, in, in my, from my perspective, they are the, the, every, the every city, every community version of the FISA courts. You know these secret FISA courts where where uh, nobody knows where they are, who they are, but that's where the FBI and the CIA and you know all these three letter agencies go to fabricate charges about people and get you know a warrant to go and raid and turn people's lives upside down and completely ruin them in the public space uh, with you know with absolutely no evidence or completely fabricated evidence. Mm-hmm. And that's what the family courts are like. You, you don't get, it's all, it's all closed. It's not open public record. There's no, you know, well, we're protecting the children. Well, how about we're protecting parental rights? Again, we're talking about parental rights. Mm-hmm. But Jeff has interesting perspective on the, the war on masculinity in the family courts. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to play this clip from him where he's talking about that. Here we go. So it, when you walk into a family court as a man, the, the most important thing, and the lawyers will never tell it to you this way, but they, they tell it to you in other ways, in subtle ways. Ma- masculinity has been pathologized in family courts. So masculinity is a mental disorder in family courts, right? So the, the fact that I... I uh, assertively refuse to give up my parental rights has actually been, uh, a, you know, violence has been attributed to me for doing that, as though I'm dangerous because I won't give up my rights. You know what I mean? So the position that I'm put in is that I have to watch my son slowly being sexually abused, mm-hmm. headed toward a lifetime of despair and depression, sexually mutilated for the rest of his life. I have to watch that happen in slow motion, but I can never raise my voice. I can never be angry about it. I can never issue an angry word to my ex-wife about it. 
I can never ask her to stop, even politely, because that'd be telling her what to do. Every aspect of masculinity has been pathologized. Here's another example. Um, one of the common questions that the custody evaluators do to trap fathers, they'll ask the child when the father's not present, what are the rules like at your father's house? Right? So oftentimes fathers have, you know, very precise rules that they can name. Whereas often with the mother, there are many more rules, but they're not named. See, they're not named. So my sons uh, were asked this question and they gave the exact thing that I tell my sons. There are no rules at my dad's house. So then he gets all excited and Custavari thinks, well, great, now I have an over-permissive parent. Mm. And, and he says, well, well, then how does your dad con you know, control your behavior? What, is, what does he do? And my son says, well, he just tells us to be reasonable with people. And if we, think, if we think about the golden rule from the Bible, then that's what we do. And, and if, we, if we make a mistake, but we fix it, and we repent of our mistake, then there is no mistake. And to me, that's the essence of masculine leadership. There are no rules. What you have to learn, you have to learn what's reasonable with people, what produces good outcomes for people. Your room doesn't have to be perfectly clean. It should just never rise to anyone's level of attention as being messy, right? You can spill food on the floor as long as you wipe it up. It's not a mistake. You can break a glass, pick up the glass and make it all safe again of your own accord without being asked or forced to. It's not a mistake. This is what a masculine culture looks like. And it just blew the court away, just blew them away that I don't have these fixed rules. So I was, I was asked by the psychologist, have you made any rules for them? And I said, look, yes, I've had to make one rule in my house. Because I told them, if you're reasonable with people, I don't have to make rules. But if you're not reasonable, I'll have to make a rule. And I have had to make one rule. They broke two iPads. So iPads have to stay on tables. They cannot be on the floor anymore. So we have one rule, right? But the, the, the astonishment of the psychologist at this, which if you think about it, was, you know, this is how we socialized boys in the past. We didn't tell boys, you gotta do this, this, and this. What we did is you went to work with your father and you learned, you learned the practices of your father, right? Yeah. I pick up my clothes, so my sons pick up, my, pick up their clothes. I wash my clothes, so my sons wash their clothes. I wash the dishes, so my sons wash the dishes, you know? Um, and then, you know, I, there's, a, there's a funny story that was used against me at court, but I think it also clearly illustrates how people try to use these gotcha things with masculinity. Um, you know, I wanted my sons to come out and help me clip the hedges, and they had never done that before. And it was hot, it was super hot. This is, last, this is the year before last, super hot. So they would, of course, much rather go up and, and wrestle or you know, play a game or something. So, you know, I think the standard approach would be to say, look, you gotta come do it. And I, I just looked over at him and said, look, I understand that you don't want to do this because, you know, the machine that we're going to use could cut your finger off if you use it wrong. So I get that you're afraid of that. Oh, man, they want to go and use it now, right? There's a spiritedness in boys that if you keep into adulthood and you haven't been squashed by the system, the system considers this very aggressive behavior. So it's amazing to me that just by not giving up my rights and insistently refusing to do so, Willing to go to jail for it is 
absolutely considered crazy violent activity by the courts. It's absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. So there is a problem in the courts where you can't be a man and get custody of your kids. Truth. It is. Because, I mean, you see it all the time. The majority of uh, case rulings in custodial disputes go to the woman Mm -hmm. instead of the father. And it's interesting, his, his perspective on this, of course, he's, he's been dealing with this for years. This is a man who has not given up on his sons, despite... It, it, he has taken us all the way to the Texas Supreme Court and basically proven, summarily proven the bias, the leftist bias of the, of the courts, mm-hmm. all the way up... You know that they won't get involved. He he uh, he created quite a problem for uh, Governor Greg Abbott because Abbott wouldn't get involved. Mm-hmm. The only one you talk to Jeff, he'll tell you in all this process, the only person in the Texas governmental structure that did anything to help him was the Attorney General mm-hmm. Ken Paxton. Mm-hmm. Everybody else. Just <laughs> they look away, look they away, look away because they're all afraid. Mm-hmm. They're all afraid because they're cowards. Nobody wants to touch it. Right. I mean, the the ripple effect that it will have mm-hmm. and all of the people who would come after the, all the different departments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's just an enormous landmine for people and yeah. they just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Kicking the can down the road. Well, and, and the reason for that, I mean. When you see dysphoria, you'll understand how all of these pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, <laughs> it's coming back to filmmaking after, you know, I taking a couple of years off and I went back to engineering school and I remember one of the last big, uh, engineering classes that I was sitting in and, and I had started filming with you mm-hmm. again and I started thinking for, for senior photography. Senior let's, photography. Let's clarify. I was making promo videos, <laughs> and um, uh, the, so the reason that I'm back is it's her fault. <laughs> That's okay. I I don't mind. And God said so. That's right. But um, I, I was doing it. So I was in this structural engineering class, and you had to do. Uh, we were doing solving problems that required. Uh, 20 equations all in a row, right? Mm -hmm. And these were not small equations. These were enormous equations. So you had to solve each one, take the answer from one, now plug that into equation number two. Mm -hmm. Solve that one, take that answer, plug it into number three. And it would take you, and doing these manually would take, you know, 30, 40 minutes to, to solve. And if you got even one part wrong... The rest were wrong. The ripple effect was that your bridge would fall down, right? So, and in doing that, my point is that in doing that, and I was thinking in terms of filmmaking again at that time, hearing the Lord's call to go back into filmmaking, and you realize that in what we do in filmmaking, telling a story, helping people understand the end result is helping them understand this step 
and then take that and plug it into this step. Yep, how they how it connects to the plug next. Plug it into this step. And mm-hmm. then once you understand the Latin, that's what we tried to do with the mind polluters. And I think it was very effective, still is. Yeah. I mean, people are really, really using it as a great tool to educate their communities and mm-hmm. proud of everybody. Yeah, yeah. You have to understand a, l- a little bit of history, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you mm-hmm. put it all together, and then you understand, and then it all makes sense. And well, it helps you know where to look as well. Yeah. I mean, and it's just like with your the equations, your math problems. You have mm-hmm. to go back and look and say, okay, what went wrong? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You know, yeah. what's what's going wrong in family courts? What's going wrong with pornographic books in the schools? Right. <laughs> you know, what's Be- going wrong with the curriculum? Because just like in those math equations, there's a bunch of variables, mm-hmm. things that can change. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they need to change. And, and then there's constants that don't change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so it's understanding that. So I think, I think people with analytical minds are the ones that... Uh, they can see they 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 catch on to that stuff faster because they get the analytical mathematical mm-hmm. uh, comparison. So yeah. if you're not good at math, don't worry. It's it's okay <laughs> because then we try to put it in a in a story form so that you right. understand. Right. So anyway, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, all, that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening into the end. That's all the time we have for today. Be sure to check out our website for more podcasts, movies, and more information at fearlessfeatures.org. Have a wonderfully blessed day. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday.